0: Hello and welcome to College Admissions with Mark and Anna. Each week we talk about different college admissions topics and answer those tough questions you may be dealing with concerning getting into the college of your choice. We know how stressful this process can be, so each episode we try to make it easier to navigate. Now, here are your hosts, Anna Wren and Mark Hofer.
1: Hi everybody. Welcome to College Admissions with Mark and Anna. I'm Mark Hofer with my co-host Anna Wren.
0: Hi guys, and today we are so excited because we have a guest with us, Jessica Yeager, who is the founder of Impress the Ivies and the host of the Dream College Summit. Welcome, Jessica. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. So my college admissions journey starts when I was in college, when in high school, applying to colleges, and I went to um, a relatively small uh, private school, and didn't really know too much about what I was doing when I was doing college applications. My high school had one guidance counselor for 400 students and um, we didn't really send many students to the IVs, to MIT, to schools like that. But I felt like I, um, you know, was pretty good when it came to grades and test scores and my outside activities and so i decided to apply to a lot of really competitive really good schools not really knowing what I was getting into, but I ended up um, being accepted to some amazing schools, Harvard, Yale, Stanford, MIT, Cornell, Columbia, among others, and I ended up going to Harvard for undergrad, um, studying environmental engineering, and then getting my master's of engineering at MIT, just down the road, and um, so I You know, was practicing environmental engineering and a few years into that I had a realization that I really missed um, working with students. I had tutored pretty much since I was in middle school. Um, And so I decided to kind of get back out there and start working with students again. And I realized that there was probably a lot of students who were in a similar um, boat that I was in high school that didn't really know, you know, what these types of really competitive schools were looking for, um, how to make the whole college admissions process less stressful, Um, and so I started Impress the Ivies, and, um, you know, parents reached out to me to work with their students, and it just sort of snowballed from there, and I realized as well that Uh, a virtual summit um, where parents and students and educators could log online and get to have all of this really valuable information from lots of different speakers on lots of different topics um, would be really valuable. And that's why I started Dream College Summit, which is now in its
0: fourth year. Very exciting. But obviously, there's some things that have changed for this year, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mark and I had you on last year as well. So would you mind going through what's different this year? Absolutely. So
2: this year we decided instead of having one huge, (laughs) maybe overwhelming summit um, in the year, we've actually split it out into four different summits throughout the year. So, in March, we had our test prep summit where I talked to um, some people like Sean Patel and um, Eric Rath all about test prep, um, SAT, ACT, AP tests, etc. And then in May, where both you and Mark will be speakers, we have our all things application summit, and that's going to be airing live um, the last week of May. During that um, summit, I'll go into more details about all the speakers we're we're talking to in that summit coming up, but we talk about lots of different um, things that students might need to consider throughout the application process. And then in the fall, we will have a personal statement and essay summit, and uh, separately from that, a financial aid and parenting tips summit. So we're splitting out the summit so people can, you know, really focus in on what they need right at that moment instead of um, maybe getting a little overwhelmed with information overload.
1: Very good. You mean they don't need it all right now? <laughs> maybe I'm giving them the wrong message. They need to do it all right now. Yeah, that's unfortunate.
0: hmm Very overwhelming indeed. So, for example, what are some of the things like I don't even know what Mark's talking about on the summit. (laughs) What are some of the topics and what do you think uh, is going to be hot for this year's summit.
2: Yeah, so for the all Things Application Summit that's coming up in May. Um, I have an interview with Ms. Sun talking all about UC applications. So I have talked with her for the past four years and, you know, the UCs keep, we they keep um, expanding, they keep, you know, tweaking their process. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: So that is really valuable. And of course, you know, hundreds of thousands of students apply to those schools. So that one um, is really great. I've of course talked to you, Anna, about trends in, um, in admissions, which I think is just really interesting and really valuable for parents because as we all know, you know, this year we've maybe seen even more changes than uh, we have in the past. I talked with Stephanie Shu from Admit C, which I think is just a really, really great tool for students and parents to be able to um, just get some insight into Not only the application process, but actually attending college and seeing what actual students um, who the high schoolers can maybe relate to maybe connect with um, how they experience their college and and what kind of how they describe it and what they recommend to other students. and then Mark and I, of course, talked about STEM, which is near and dear to my heart, being an engineering person myself, um, and especially, I think, what will be really um, valuable, valuable for parents and students with that in May is that we talked about internships um, and things like that in STEM, which can be something that you can spend your summer doing. So I think getting in right before summer can maybe give some students some ideas if they're um, not totally scheduled for the summer. Um, And I talked to Beth Probst from at the core where we talked a lot about really planning for the whole process of high school and college and beyond and how important it is to really think about um, that beyond, really figure out, um, for your student to figure out who they are, what they want, um, and really do a lot of introspection going through this whole process. So that is a really good interview for, students of all ages. Um, So that one's pretty cool. I also talked to Penny Reeves about um, non-traditional students. So she works with Connections um, Education, that's an online um, accredited public school that's all over the country and just talking about for students that do something like that, that more um, non-traditional type of schooling, how to really Um, one, take advantage of that, and two, you know, explain it, um, because that might be something that's a little bit trickier for them. And then um, I talked to um, someone about uh, athletics, so um, student-athletes, which I know is pretty – pretty hot right now given all the all the controversy Um, so that was really good to hear more of the um, a little bit less of a maybe sensational or biased kind of take on what student athletes need to think about through that process Um, I also talked with Kristen Moon about um, direct med programs which I think um, you know they are Super duper competitive, um, but I know lots of students are really interested in them. And um, that's something that I think there's also a lot of students who don't really understand um, what it takes to be competitive for those types of programs. So we talked about that. And then I talked with Steve Schwartz um, from College Admissions Toolbox, which is another podcast um, all about extracurriculars. So that was really cool. I think a lot of students will be able to take a lot of um, ideas from that. Again, I think it's great that this will be airing in May because students will have the summer to really explore those outside of school um, extracurriculars. And then finally, I um, interviewed Tali, and I think you gave me her information. She's been on the podcast, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Um, All about um, art schools and and what it takes to put together those portfolios, and um, you know the the intricacies of those applications.
1: So I I have a quick question, since you know as you're as your work has evolved and, and mm-hmm. now and, and separated into four parts. Have you, and you alluded to this already, that, that uh, the process seems to be changing even more rapidly than I think when we all started in on this mm-hmm. just the last year or two. So um, is this something that you think might even get split into more parts as, uh, as time goes on?
2: You know, I don't know. It'll. This is an experiment this year. So it really depends on if this is the best way for people to absorb the information, you know, get a lot out of it. Um, but I'll just have to see um, how people end up um, liking this format versus our old format or, like you said, an, a new format that's even more specific.
1: For sure. Um, i'm curious since uh since the application uh, section has already already been put out there into the uh, podcast sphere um, was there one or two particular things that uh, really stuck out um, in in those interviews that uh, i mean we 've seen lots of changes in in testing and, and applications so um,
0: mm-hmm. is
1: there anything in particular that uh, rose to the the surface that you 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 basically didn't know was happening, or were really surprised by.
2: Um, that's a good question. I think that there wasn't anything that was just totally out of left field for me. But what it really. Um, What it really helped me realize was how just little, you know, tweaks or little tips that families, you know, wouldn't necessarily know just going to their high school guidance counselor can really make a big difference in how your um, application is received, um, how your Um, especially for the for really specific programs so just as an example for direct med programs it is really really important for students to demonstrate for a long time that they know for sure that they want to be a doctor and that might be something where if a student If a student hasn't been on that track, they haven't been, you know, volunteering at the hospital since they were freshmen in high school and things like that. They might just say, Oh, well, you know, I, I want to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to spend all this time and money and apply to these programs that are, you know, one person acceptance (laughs) (laughs) rates. And that might not be the best move for them um, because it's, it, those applications in particular take a lot of extra work, and if you're doing that instead of putting together a, a really stellar application for a um, you know more typical undergrad program, that just might not be your best. Um, the best place for your efforts. Yeah. So that's something where I think, like I said, especially for these really specific programs, arts programs for athletes, these kinds of things, it's really important to understand all of the the nuance because things are just so much more competitive. School Colleges are sort of reprioritizing a lot of things um, in admissions that I think you know, parents don't always know about, students don't always know about.
1: Yeah, that's one of those things that I, I think I think you're, you're spot on in that medical programs, especially, are, are really starting to show what has been your interest for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with direct admit in engineering, that's becoming, mm-hmm. how, I know you want to be an engineer, but show us some evidence that it's been right. in your interest for a while and i think this is something like like tally probably would have mentioned that you know this is something film and art programs you want to bring your uh you know your work to the table exactly. in your application mm-hmm. and i think it's it's starting to hit all the programs like you say with more specificity and competition yep you have to show it yeah <laughs>
0: But I think that also helps differentiate students, right, because if you think about it, there's so, I mean, you tell me, guys, do you guys also have a lot of kids that walk in and say, I'm going to be pre-med? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Do, you, you, do know? you know what
1: a doctor does? No, not really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I feel like, you know, that's what colleges probably see, too, uh, in terms of the amount of students that apply for, like, bio or chem or biochem mm-hmm. or pre-med programs. So, yep. you know, they have to be able to just kind of like what you said with engineering, Mark, and how you tell your kids to go build something, you would do the same for pre-med.
1: Exactly. I I actually had to brag about one of my students to Tally, who specializes in film and theater. And and I, I told her, I said, I'm working with a student who came and said, yes, I want to be, you know, I want to go study film. And I said, well how long have you thought about this? And I said, do you have film for uh, something for your applications that, that shows that you've actually practiced this? And he said, yeah, starting in fourth grade. <laughs> um, I, think, I think that's going to be one of those kind of things where if you can bring that kind of body of evidence, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be, be a the next What's that?
0: I said, he's going to be the next Spielberg.
1: <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be cool.
0: So Jessica, actually Mark and I also talk about fit a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was just curious because you've been to, uh, you've uh, graduated from two uh, very elite and popular schools in the country and Mark being a STEM person. So can you help us understand like why you chose Harvard the first time and maybe MIT for grad school? Absolutely.
2: Because I think I am a little bit of a, not a cautionary tale, but I would never suggest that students (laughs) use my method that I use in high school. Because like I said, I really didn't um, come from a place of having a lot of um, knowledge about these schools. I actually, the only school I visited before my the summer after my senior year. So, after I graduated um, high school, the only school that I applied to that I had visited was um, Wash U in St. Louis, because I'm originally from Kansas City. <laughs> and, you know, I applied to a lot of East Coast and a West Coast school. And even I applied to um, Northwestern, I got into Northwestern, but my family just really couldn't afford to visit a lot of schools. Um, so I totally get that for students. And I don't think it's a deal breaker, but you really have to excel in a lot of other things for it not to be a deal breaker. And you also need to be, you know, clearly far away. If the, if the school is in your state, go, go visit it. <laughs> um, but,
1: Jessica, I have to ask yeah. you did not visit Harvard? Before you sign the paper,
2: I did not.
0: I did oh, not. Oh, In oh fact. my
1: gosh, Anna, <laughs> Anna. can you edit that last statement of hers out? Because we we don't want that out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's hard because Jessica. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You're also
2: first generation, right? Um, my mother did not go to college, but my father did. So. Okay, so you're half. Half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And then how did, how did you pick, please tell me, if you went to Harvard, <laughs> you did at least visit MIT before you signed on for
2: grad. Well, oh yes, God. that is true. Cambridge, you know, Cambridge is just down the street. So that yeah. was pretty, pretty straightforward. So the reason, honestly, the reason I um, went to Harvard, there was a couple of reasons. One, you know. Harvard is Harvard. And yes, Yale is Yale, Stanford is Stanford, (laughs) etc. But um, I knew I wanted to go to school in a city. And so once I really looked and I saw, okay, well, Stanford's not really in San Francisco, it's in a little college town near San Francisco. Um, You know, Cornell is in upstate New York. Columbia. (laughs) Right. So Columbia was one of my top choices. But (laughs) <laughs> when it came down to it, I I chose Harvard, um, really for, for Harvard, for the name of Harvard, um, even though I also was not a kid who dreamed about going to XYZ school at all. Um, but the real reason why I chose Harvard over MIT, even though I was studying engineering and, you know, most people, not so much anymore, but most people, um, you know, at least five years ago, would say Harvard teaches engineering. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I wasn't 100% sure that I wanted to do engineering. And to me, going to MIT was a commitment that I am for sure doing engineering. And so I really liked um, the... The aspect of being able to change my mind if I wanted to, and that, and Harvard allowed me to do that. Um, I didn't obviously, but I at least had that option. And the other thing I would say is, as a high school student, I really knew myself very well, and I knew that I'm a pretty Easygoing person, I'm a pretty go with the flow kind of person. So I also knew that no matter my choice, I would find a place for myself. I would, um, I would find a way to thrive in that school. So there also wasn't a ton of um, self-imposed pressure that if I chose the wrong place, you know, I would be miserable. So I think a lot about what school you go to or what school you choose to go to is about knowing yourself and kind of knowing what is really going to um, matter to you in the end.
1: That's just ridiculous advice. I mean, knowing why you wanna to go to college and make the most of it. I don't, I don't know if we want that out there either.
2: And I will also say Harvard did give me the best financial aid
0: package. So that,
1: um, that, there you go, a reason now you're talking,
0: <laughs> you know, money, money talks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I actually think the message you share is great, Jessica, because we have, you know, now, as you know, is a lot of uh, decision time for a lot of students. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I've seen some people ask questions in different forums about like, do they take a gap year this year? Because They didn't get into their stretches or their targets and only their safeties. Mm -hmm. And they got waitlisted everywhere. And I think you bring upon such a great point. Like, I don't know that there is only one school for every kid, right? Absolutely. And so it's really about making the most of the school you go to. And I also think it's about, and I don't honestly, I honestly don't think that just because a school is your safety doesn't mean it can't be a dream school too. Absolutely. I could not agree more.
1: Yeah. If you only have 50 schools that you can go to and they give you all the money in the world, I, I think you can make the most of your ap- your uh, opportunities at any one of those schools.
2: Absolutely. And I will say, um, so I, when I was applying to grad school, I only applied to MIT and Stanford and I got into both programs And, you know, MIT was just down the road, one of my roommates from undergrad, um, who actually had gone to the Beijing Olympics and won a silver medal, which is, you know, a pretty cool thing to have happen to you in college. Um, She was coming back and finishing her undergrad so I could still be roommates with her. MIT was just a really, um, really easy choice for me for grad school, but I always tell people, so I had never been to actually anywhere on the West Coast by, by that time of my life. And years later, when I went to the Bay Area and I saw how like beautiful it is there, I'm like, man, I'm so glad that I never visited Stanford because my life probably would have been very different. You no,
1: know, Stanford's winners are horrible.
0: <laughs> Compared
1: to MIT, you know, it's, you, you have to wear, a, uh, you know, socks.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: So in the, in the interviews that you've, uh, done so far, um, which of the four, uh, sets of, uh, interviews were you most excited about that were actually the ones that you, you would say, if you catch any one of these, this is the one definitely to hear.
2: Well, I think the, the one coming up, the all things application is really good for students because it's such, um, I don't want to say unique information, but there's just so many nuggets for all of these different types of students, which is you get some of that in the others, but a lot of the other, um, the other summits have a lot of, um, sort of different takes on similar topics, whereas the all things applications, you know, if you are thinking about an art program, that's gonna be the summit for you. If you're a student athlete, that's gonna be the summit for you. You do need to have good test scores and you do need to have a good essay and you you might need to know about financial aid, but um, I think this one coming up is something that students can and parents can get a lot of just really um, good insight that it might be a little bit harder to find elsewhere.
1: All right, and Anna Renzen, that one I heard. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, oh, one, right. of the, one of the one of the things so i'm i'm excited and i think it's it's becoming so pertinent especially this year i don't know for all counselors everywhere but this year really feels like schools are holding um merit money and such much closer to mm-hmm. the vest, and with the tight with uh, purse strings a little bit tighter i don't know if this is uh you know they're A lot of them, a lot of representatives are saying, the reason we're doing this is because we don't know what the federal uh, future of financial aid is going to be. And they're waiting. Um, With that in mind, um, was the financial aid component, did you, is this something that you think the information that came for this year, is it going to be really important for students applying next year as well?
2: Um, I think so. I mean, I think that there is, a, you know, college gets more and more expensive every year, um, sort of crazily so. And there are so many, um, there's just so many sort of intricacies to the process, especially for families. I, I know a lot of families who just assume Um, They won't qualify based on something they heard or um, (laughs) something someone talked about. And it's like, well, maybe if you only had one student, you want to qualify, but you're going to have two students or three students in college at the same time. Like you're the that's a that's a very different kind of um profile than just a one student um going to college so i think there's a lot of families still who just there's so much um it's a it's a bit of a black box for them and they just think um you know they just don't they just don't know if it's worth it. They don't know if applying is going to hurt their kids' chances for admissions. And so a lot of families I think are, are just very wary of the the whole financial aid process. And I think that it is really important to get that information out there so that families can take advantage of those, whether it's merit money or need based money for their students, because you know,
0: college is not inexpensive.
1: (laughs) Couldn't agree more.
0: That's true, and the other thing I was thinking that I've heard a lot from the results of this season is I think a lot of parents on the opposite end had not necessarily expected financially, kind of like you've spoken about, Jessica, being Mm -hmm. a little bit pessimistic Mm -hmm. (laughs) about the process, but being overly optimistic about the merit aid process yes. in terms of just feeling like as long as I check the boxes, then I, I'm going to get this money. Mm-hmm. So do you guys, will you guys be covering that too for the financial
2: aid portion? Yes, we will be talking about merit aid. Um, I think one thing that I've seen, which I don't think is, it's definitely not new this year. It's definitely been going on, as you can imagine. But one thing that I think is hard with merit aid is a there's a lot of schools where you're not going to qualify for the best merit aid packages if you don't apply early. And hopefully it's just early action. And so you don't sort of um, disqualify yourself from having that negotiating, you know, point or at least choice point when it comes to financial aid. But uh, that I think is really, that's something that is really tricky that, um, you know, the early ver- and how that might affect your merit aid or your name-based aid.
1: That's actually one thing I, I've heard from uh, almost every representative, admissions representative I've talked to this year. Mm-hmm. It, they, they are stressing, if at all possible apply early because when the money's gone, the money's gone. Mm-hmm. And that they're really trying to, as usual, they're trying to get their class full so they know what they can need to do and get their books balanced. But even more so, it's becoming one of those issues of let us know you're, you're, you're interested, apply mm-hmm. early so that we can work on it and provide you with as much money as we can.
0: Mm-hmm. And the other thing is I think now I'm noticing more and more common is for parents, uh, maybe they're getting savvier too, uh, that, that they can appeal. They can appeal yeah. the packages.
1: Well, the secondary part of that is I, I, in the last two years, I keep running into uh, admissions. When I ask them, I say, w- how do you handle appeals? What are the things that you usually are most swayed by? Um, and what kind of evidence is needed? And uh, I've I've had a number of schools that say, we have actually stopped taking appeals unless it is a a substantial change in like a, a loss of a job or a medical situation. We are not accepting appeals for um, additional money. We provide our best offer initially. And that I think is starting to become even more of a trend.
2: Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I will say now it wasn't super recently. Um, But uh, my dad actually did appeal our financial aid for Harvard, and we were able to get more money from them. And that is partially because, and I think this is important for any families where your taxes are more complicated. Um, you might have a parent or both parents who are self-employed or on their own business or, you know, have some other um, reason that makes your taxes more complicated because that can be something where something that is really not income or is sort of, taken out in some other cost in your in your taxes. If it's a if it's kind of complicated like that, it might be worth having a discussion about it.
1: So Jessica, as you've been doing uh, the, the summit for four years now, mm-hmm. congratulations by the way. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Um
1: there there have been things, as we all have talked about and we've talked about just on on this episode, mm-hmm. things have changed dramatically. Yeah. And I and I think all of us who work with students and families on this this application journey. Um, we're all trying to identify those things that are starting to change, not only more rapidly, but mm-hmm. down the line. Thinking about things like you mentioned, for those parents who have more kids who are going to be in the application admissions process soon, right? Are there things when you've been to, you've talked to such a great cross section of people? Mm-hmm. I'm curious if you have actually kind of went. I see a trend that's happening that probably is gonna happen even more so in the future. Have you noticed any of those?
2: Yeah, so a couple of things I would say. Um, Mm. One thing that I've noticed just in general, you know, I've I've talked about it with people, but I've also just noticed it with students I've worked with is I feel like high school is also getting more competitive. Um, You know, you just see a lot more students that are taking a lot more advanced courses than, they were even five, ten years ago. Um, you, I think, especially with the availability and sort of. Um, ease of taking courses online or these types of things for, for schools to really expand um, the courses they offer. I mean, even looking at my old high school, which like I said, is very small, they offer probably double the number of AP of AP courses they offered when I was in high school 15 years ago. So I think that like part of um what I'm seeing is just high school itself is getting so much more competitive. Students are um, being exposed to so much more rigor in their courses and, um, you know, one more thing to add to the stress okay. level is the, the college application process is getting even more competitive.
0: Exactly.
2: Um, there's also a, one of the reasons why the the um, admissions percentage keeps going down is because these schools, especially the really big name schools, are doing so much outreach. Again, um, You know, being able to do so many things online now, it is so much easier for schools to broadcast to so many more students and therefore get so many more applications through the door. Not that that has dramatically increased necessarily the qualified applications through the door, but it still makes the process, you know, more competitive. You're still needing to, um, stand out in a sea of other applications. So I think those types of things that are just trends that I see continuing, I don't really see those those stopping, um, I think is going are going to affect um, students and families even more.
1: Yeah, I can, I can definitely see those are, are definitely topics that are on everybody's mind, and I, I think especially mm-hmm. those who are applying. One of the things that you mentioned Uh, I, I recently went to a, actually earlier this week, went to a a summit where somebody from college board was there talking about AP Mm -hmm. and mentioned high school is getting more competitive. Yeah, One of the things that she mentioned, and they have done the research that shows there is a point at which, you know, taking more AP classes is not better. It -hmm. doesn't reflect that you're going to be better in college. The thing is, their research shows after four, it actually can go down. Mm. And so that sweet point of four is where colleges really should be looking for those students who have attained that, like you say, if it's competitive and thinking that's the way to do it, well, colleges are looking for those students that have that life work balance and understand it. And so I I, I wish I wish that uh, more colleges would actually start uh, identifying those kind of issues in the in the process of applications and evaluations, so that we can take some of the pressure off students to think that taking 13 APs is the way to go.
2: Right, exactly. And one thing I will say, which I don't think, you know, I don't think is a trend. I think it's been the case since college application, since admissions became um, this competitive field, you know, in the past 20 years. um, I really think that the students who truly know themselves, truly know what they want and really explore that deeply and um, have that sort of like we were talking about that experience to demonstrate that they re- this is really what they wanna do. They know who they are. They know um, how they will fit at your school. That has not changed like that. Those students will really stand out in the pack. It's, it's the students who kind of struggle with that, who aren't really sure what they wanna do, which I know is a lot of students and it's a lot, of, it's a lot to ask a 17 year old to know what they wanna do for their lives but it is, the whole process is easier for those students who do know and have tried and have really um, explored their, what they care about very deeply. Um, it's just an easier process for them. So if your student is, um, is on the younger side and can really start exploring um, their, what they seem to, um, you know, get excited about, and what is interesting to them, they're going to be in such a better place when it, when it comes time for senior year.
1: Yeah, I couldn't just agree Just for life more. in general. Couldn't, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: you know? It's
1: a good habit and a good behavior to start learning mm-hmm. uh, in high school and college so that when you get into the real world of, of uh, adulting, as it were, <laughs> um, that you can actually do it successfully and maintain that balance. I couldn't agree more. So you.
0: would you say then, Jessica, this summit is really great for not just like rising seniors, but, you know, teens of any age?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, actually, Beth Probst and I talk about, um, I think, even middle schoolers. So if you have younger students, I, this especially would be a really good summit to check out because there's just so, there's so many pieces of that like kind of deeper knowing yourself um, that feeds into the application. I I don't think it's, you know, you you sort of discover yourself just for the application, of course, Um, but really knowing those things about uh, yourself in the years leading up to that just really allows your student to Explore what they care about and figure out what they care about. And the truth is, you know, their college experience is going to be so much more productive if that's where they are. I mean, I'm sure lots of us know people who went to college not really knowing what they wanted to do, got a degree that maybe they didn't care care about too much, or maybe they didn't even finish college because they didn't really know what they wanted to do.
1: I don't know any of those people.
2: Not
0: Not me.
1: Sorry. (laughs)
2: Um, But you know that you don't want that for your student. You don't want your student to halfway through college have to transfer because they the school they're at doesn't offer what they actually want to do for a career. Um, So I think learning those things early on, you know, freshmen or younger can really just put your student in such a better place for when they do go to college and when they do go look for a job after college.
1: I couldn't agree more. One of the things that that I think your summit actually provides an opportunity for. And um, I've I've had so many students, you know, and I think we all have, who as a senior or a junior say, I wish I just would have known about this earlier. Mm-hmm. I could have prepared. Nobody told me. Right. That kind of thing. So I actually have students who um, actually parents who will ask me, what are some things that my seventh or eighth grader actually should have in the back of their mind that they should know? Mm-hmm. And I think you're exactly right. Having you know, the summit as something they can just listen to in case they're curious right. so that they don't end up as a junior or senior who says, I wish I would have known.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. And then you- I liked what you brought up earlier about adulting Mark. I feel <laughs> like, I feel like kids need an adulting course before (laughs) they go off to college. Um, Everything on, I feel like communication, Mm -hmm. like how many times to check your email (laughs) or preparing (laughs) all materials beforehand. I think those are all vital, uh, you know, skills Uh, And I guess, is it still important to know how to write a check or mail a letter? I don't know. (laughs) Or handwrite. Or handwrite, yeah. So I I feel like, you know, maybe, Jessica, you can also find an adulting person, too. (laughs) That's a good tip. So, Jessica, obviously, we covered a lot about, you know, different things. And I guess I know the test prep one already passed. Mm -hmm. But maybe you can tell us a little bit about how students or, you know, parents can listen in um, even on past. Sessions.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, first, I'll tell you to get a ticket. So, the um, summit coming up, the All Things application at the end of May, um, you can get a free ticket to that. You just go to dreamcollegesummit.com, put in your email address. I'll, you'll be on the list, so you'll be notified once the interviews go live. All the interviews are live to watch for free for 48 hours. After that 48 hours, they are locked in the vault and <laughs> While the summit is running, so in May, you can get access to the um, interviews plus some amazing bonuses and discounts from our speakers with the All Access Pass. So that's how you can get access to the current summit. Um, for the past summit, and actually all previous three years worth of summits, um, this test prep summit that just happened, all the interviews associated with those, plus um, some of my webinars, basically my whole video library, which is pretty extensive. Um, if you want access to that, um, I have the Impress the IVs membership. And that is a uh, like a monthly subscription where you have access to all of those videos. And then I also do um, a group coaching call each month. I actually just did, did it for April uh, last night and we talked about college visits and parents and students can, you know, just ask their questions, you know, anything specific they have about uh, the admissions process or test prep or whatever it might be. So that's how um, families can get access to those older summit interviews. Very cool. So
0: I guess, Mark, do you have any more burning questions?
1: I don't have any burning questions but uh you know i i'm still trying to digest how how jessica actually chose harvard i'm glad to know that she it was because they gave her the most financial aid but, but i'm gonna let that sit for now.
0: well actually mark i don't know if i ever mentioned it but that's how i picked georgetown
1: too as one does <laughs>
0: <laughs> um you know i think it's hard though but you know i think it's great that you're covering financial aid because i think a lot of times we talk about college and we don't talk about the financial piece, and it's it's a really important piece to what makes a dream college a dream college. Absolutely. More
1: importantly, every day.
0: Absolutely. So thank you so much, Jessica. So again, um, if people want to get in touch with you to learn more, or anything like that, how can they connect with you?
2: So people can go to um, either of my websites, either com or dreamcollegesummit.com. And then you can always email me, jessica at com. I'm happy to um, you know, respond to anybody who emails with questions or wants more information on anything I've talked about. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much, Jessica.
1: Thanks, Jessica.
0: Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to College Admissions with Mark and Anna, where we make getting into college easy and fun. Don't forget to go over to iTunes and subscribe to get updated each time we release a new episode. Also, for more helpful college admissions information, visit our website at www.collegeadmissionspodcast.com.